everyone can relax. Mutant Musings has returned. <laughs> that was not Gambit. That was Russian or something. I'm sorry. You should do it. Welcome to a special summer series episode of the Mutant Musings podcast. It's July 2020 and we'll be discussing episodes of X-Men the Animated Series. I'm your host, Jonathan, and with me as always is someone who puts the ass in Assassin. Patty. Here's your fucking reminder to leave us a comment on this episode's webpage on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast. And follow us on Twitter at mutant musings. No more friendly reminders. It's time for fucking reminders. I'm getting too old for this shit and you youngins need to start taking care of these things yourself. I shouldn't be doing your laundry still and laying out your jammies. And would it hurt you to dry some fucking dishes? You see them on the rack right by the sink, Jordan. Is your arm broken or can you lift a fucking towel and help? And speaking of dirty dishes, we're serving the dirtiest dishes today. We've got cunnilingus cups, ass glasses, penis plates, labia ladles, butthole bowls, pecker pans, and salad spinners. (laughs) Mutant Musings has the dirtiest dinnerware for every affair. Open wide, listeners. You're about to get stuffed. There's your explicit content warning. Hey, Patty. Yes. Oi. <laughs> Oi. Fire. Air. <laughs> Water. Water. <laughs> that's uh. that's how that's how we do it in Jersey. <laughs> that is a Boston accent. That's not a Boston accent. That's a Jersey accent. Uh-huh. Is it? Yeah. I don't know. I've never been to Boston. And I've I've only heard like one person from New Jersey have a New Jersey accent. I've only ever known one person to have the quote unquote stereotypical Jersey accent. As some classmate of mine growing up, her mom had a thick Jersey accent. Otherwise, I don't hear it. I don't hear these Jersey accents people talk about. That's the mutant musings question of the month. Do we have Jersey accents? Do we have accents feel, that you think are Jersey? I feel like I do when I'm drinking. Oh, good. But, um... You can just listen to the last episode. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't that lit. Uh Uh, So, uh, yeah, guess what day it is, listeners? It's Jonathan's birthday. Yay! So everybody go back in time when you hear this episode and wish Jonathan a happy birthday. Thanks to everybody wishing me happy birthday on social media and thanks to everyone wishing me a happy birthday from two weeks ago (laughs) yeah uh it's been a good day we watched uh some legend of korra Mm -hmm. uh because we finished the last airbender and we watched the movie and so it's korra time so we got korra and we're watching korra and it's real good so far and uh what else and then we got cake Mm-hmm. We got this gigantic peanut butter cheesecake. Yep. Because Patty's sweet, and she knows that it's this one place that makes the best peanut butter cheesecake, and she ordered me a whole cake. A whole cake? A whole and cake. And he can't eat it by himself because he's, like, the only one eating it. Because we'll it's not vegan. We'll see. So I told him to put it in the freezer because he gets a piece every week, so he can save some money that way for a few weeks. Yeah, or I could just eat it all <laughs> my birthday weekend. I mean, that makes more sense. I've eaten almost half the cake by myself yes. so far. My grandmother had a small piece. Um, I had probably the equivalent of about six pieces so far. <laughs> it's real good. It's real good. But right now, throughout this episode, we're going to play a little game. And the game is called Let's Try Not to Vomit. It's, 
<laughs> the game we're going to play. Because just before we recorded, I ate dinner. And dinner consisted of cheesecake. <laughs> only only cheesecake. Only Nothing cheesecake. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, and he refuses to drink water. I drank water. You didn't see it, but I uh-huh. you, when you left the kitchen, I drank... Like two glasses of water. Sure, you did. I did. Okay. And now I'm drinking Monster, and uh-huh. Monster has water that's in it. Not, and I've been no. drinking iced coffee all day. No, that's the not. The ice is water. Jonathan, <laughs> coffee dehydrates you. That's the opposite of what you want. Which is why I put ice in it Jonathan, because ice that's, is water. No. <laughs> no. Oh, we played Streets of Rage four. Yeah, that was so much. That was so much fun. Do you guys know? In two-player mode, you guys can hurt each other in the game? Because <laughs> Patty and I had some fun. <laughs> yeah, lot, lots of fun with Jonathan just kicking me in the face. You kicked me in the face. Throwing knives in my face. You... And then saying, oh, sorry, or getting in the way <laughs> right behind where I'm punching the boss. Yeah, oh, oh. He, right. like, multiple times would just stand right behind where I was punching the boss and try punching him from the other direction. And then I would hit him and he'd go, Patty... <laughs> Why are you going to make me out to be the bad guy? It's my birthday. Literally my birthday. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So that was a fun time. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. So we got our, our Summer Series episode, the first official one, where we're talking about episodes of X-Men the Animated Series that you guys picked. It has not aged well. For the most part, you guys picked. We got uh, we got two two-parters that we're going to be talking about. And uh, the ones we talk about later got the most votes. The ones that we're going to start off with, got, they were tied somewhere in there with a bunch of others. But uh, I'm sorry. We're going to start off this this with uh, X-Men the Animated Series as an age 12. <laughs> yes. All right. Show's over, guys. Let's go home. No. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to say, you know, I did watch this show when I was little, but I watched it when I was so little that I don't remember anything about it. And so I'm not like really nostalgic watching it and have this like kind of like bias so yeah it's kind of almost like i'm watching it with fresh eyes yeah some of it was a little uh painful your eyes aren't the only thing that are fresh it's your mouth jesus (laughs) it's my birthday jonathan (laughs) hey (laughs) yeah i get you um i definitely do have some nostalgia for this but i i'd like to think that once I watched X-Men Evolution and then Wolverine and the X-Men, I was kind of like, all right, I got to be honest with myself and be honest with X-Men the Animated Series. Listen, and, and I'm not going to shit on it. It was it was, a, it was a great cartoon at the time. It absolutely was a great cartoon at the time. They weren't doing things like, like this back then, at least not much. You know, with like serious themes and like everything being serious and the quality of it. Like, yeah, looking back on it now, we can be like, oh, the quality really isn't there. No, at the time, it kind of was. I mean, we just recently talked about Spider-Man and his amazing friends. And then last year, we talked about Pride of the X-Men. And you can see that there wasn't a huge leap in quality between those two. I'm sorry if you get mad, but there's not a huge leap between the quality of those two cartoon episodes. But if you look at only a few years difference between Pride of the X-Men and when this started, it's a huge leap in when quality. Was Pride of the X-Men? Pride of the X-Men was 1989. And this oh, was, shit. This yeah. was 1992. Yeah, so it's, good year. <laughs> Just a note for the listeners, that's when I was born. Yeah. So there was a big leap in quality. And it's also funny, um, I'm probably going to go off on more tangents because I'm full of sugar and caffeine, but... <laughs> Like, do you, I don't know if you remember, a few years ago, we watched uh, an episode of the Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon. You remember how awful that was? 
But I loved that shit when I was a kid. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon? I refuse to go back and watch any of that because I know it did not age well. And it was not good quality at the time, but I lived for a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when I was a kid. That Sonic cartoon, I used to wake up yes. and set my alarm at like 9 o'clock every day in the summer because they would put uh, repeats on, on uh, a Toon Disney or something. Yeah, but now we just watched one episode and it was like comically bad. Um, so no, I don't think that this is particularly aged well for, for like me as a child compared to me now as an adult looking at it, but it's still okay. I still enjoy it. X-Men Evolution is still my favorite. Um, but I know there are a lot of diehard fans of this show and you know, good on them. I don't blame anyone. Uh, all right. So we're going to be talking about Days of Future Past from season one. So, uh, so yeah, so this is called Days of Future Past. It doesn't, it doesn't quite follow what happened in the comic books. No, and so a few and differences here and there. The uh, would you say? <laughs> <laughs> no, I I know. Uh, like people have always been like praising this show about like how comic accurate it is. Well, it wasn't for this one. Um, like I, I've seen like a handful of these now as an adult. Um, this one is not accurate at all. Also, okay, so they told this story in this in these two episodes, and then also in uh, the movie. And uh, I don't know, you know, like, always just replace the girls with Wolverine. <laughs> like, come on. Well, this one, they were going to replace it with Wolverine, but then they replaced him them with Bishop. Bishop. And, like, part of the reason that I love Days of Future Past so much was that it was about Rachel and Kitty. And it, like, really showed off, like how strong the women on the team were and stuff. And this is just like, uh, that's not going to sell well. So we got to make boys do it. And then we'll have Jean pass out. <laughs> that's what boys want to see. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what people were thinking in 92. I was just thinking about pooping my pants. <laughs> but yeah, it is funny how, uh, there are a lot of fans that, you know, love this because of how comic accurate it was. And then you do see a lot of differences, you know? I mean, they took uh, they took liberties with a lot of the different, like, major storylines. They took liberties with a lot of things. But I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, as far as all of the different cartoons and the movies, I guess this would be the most comic accurate. It doesn't mean <laughs> that it is 100%. That's not, that's not the highest part, though. Yeah. I, well, and, and I mean, like... I don't know, to me, it doesn't even matter. And for so many people... Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. Um, but that's just the point that I've seen brought up a lot. Yeah. So I just wanted to say, not from what I've seen, yeah. not that it makes a difference. I'm not that much of an elitist. I mean, I used to be. Yes, but I try not to anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely get the grievances of the um, you know female protagonist uh, in the story not being one in this story. Um, but honestly, as far as comic accuracy goes... Like, it doesn't matter. I just want it to be good. So, anyway. So, New York City is dilapidated. Everything looks like shit. It's 2055. Oh, I thought you meant now. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> is I'm now just, the time? I'm really? Just, I'm just kidding. Oh, my God. All right. Uh, and there's an old man Logan, different from the old man Logan that we know. And this is before there was an old man Logan. So, this is technically old old man Logan. <laughs> uh, yeah. And he's running with these two young mutants. They're being chased by sentinels. And it's neat. There's a dude who has metal arms, so he's Colossus Arm. 
And then there's a girl that fires bolts, and the way she looks reminds me of Stinger. There's a deep cut. I like that. Uh, but then Bishop shows up and, and captures the three of them. I'm like, why why would you do that, Bishop? You're a mutant. Why are you capturing... He's a cop. Why are you... He's Patty? a traitor. <laughs> yeah, so he's like, oh, well, the Sentinels wouldn't attack you if you were following the law. Yeah. That's almost uh, exactly what he said, which is uh, kind of relevant to today. Yeah. I agree. And then he takes them to the termination center to be fucking terminated. Because he's like, ah, oh, you guys aren't following the rules. Time to die. I'm a cop. And <laughs> Speaking of taking liberties. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, you know, he gets there and he's like, oh, well, I got these uh, three uh, hooligans uh, for disposal. And here's my ID card. And they're like, Oh, you've reached your quota. You're no longer needed. We're going to kill you, too. Yeah, and so that's, that's... And then and then he was like, well, shit. <laughs> so, and so that's really interesting. Um, because, yeah, so you have somebody who is trying to take advantage of, you know, he, being, being a, a mutant and being a traitor to his own kind by taking other mutants in. Um, and then, of course, what happens is the Sentinels are like, well, you've reached your, co- your quota. You fulfilled your, your duty and your usefulness, and now we're going to terminate you, too. How you had sort of this guy who thought that he was just going to skate by and just betray his own kind and just get away with it, that they were going to favor him. And that's not how it works. So, yeah, it's like, you know, trying to curry favor with the fascists in charge. And, of course, they're eventually going to turn on you, too. Anyway, so, you know, Logan makes a move with the girl who looks like Stinger, and they take out some of the Sentinels, and they run away, because Logan's on some sort of a mission, and he takes Bishop with him. And so they get to Forge, and the whole thing is that they want to, the Rebels want to prevent this timeline from happening. This thing happened in the past, they want to go prevent it from happening, they think they'll save the future, and, you know, mutants won't die in these camps. Um, And so that's the whole thing. So Forge is going to send Logan back in time. But Bishop says, no, it's going to be me. You're old. <laughs> Send me back in time. And so that's that's what happens. Uh, yeah, Nimrod showed up and was chasing after Bishop, and Bishop was like, no, thank you. Yeah, peace out. Uh, and then when he lands, it's funny, because he lands in an alleyway, and he can't remember anything that happened, and it's it's kind of funny, and it's a fish-out-of-water situation. And uh, He should have written it on his hand. <laughs> like um, um, in, in JoJo Part 3. Yep. Where, uh, oh, what was his name? Kakyoin wrote Baby Stand, or Ghost Baby, or whatever, on his hand. Do you remember that? You you claim to have such a bad memory, and then you remember that. I don't even remember Kakyoin's name until you said it. I would have just been like the green guy. I only, I told you this before, I only remember nonsense. <laughs> So, yeah. You should have written You should have written, you written Baby Stand. I don't think they had a pen handy. They had a time portal, but no pen handy, Aww. Patty, I guess. Rats. No, I don't know. Maybe they figured that he wouldn't lose his memory from the time jump. Yeah. I, I mean, who would, who would, you know, think of that as an option? But I assume if they had a time portal, somebody probably used it before, but I guess not. Right. So this is funny. There was a little cameo in this episode as Bishop is hanging out in this, like, uh run-down building trying to remember what the hell he's supposed to do. These two kids run by, and they're like, oh, yes, play my cartridge. 
And they're carrying a, a like a video game cartridge, and it's the Punisher. It, the Punisher is on the box cover, and it's called Assassin. And the I, kid says Assassin. I want to play the Punisher game. There is a Punisher game. There is there's for a, what? There's an arcade game. Oh, I don't know. It's got. It must have been ported on something. Uh, it must have been. What is it like a beat 'em up? Uh, yeah. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Um, we just played cr- a beat 'em up. It was fun, wasn't it? Yeah, it was fun, but. They're not my favorites. No. I would want, like, a different kind of Punisher game. I RPG, don't know. RPG. No, I don't know if that would work. It would probably be, like, a TPS or You have FPS. to stop the Empire in your airship. The Punisher airship. The Punisher. What? <laughs> That's my Punisher RPG. I'm making it up as I go along. <laughs> Instead of, you know, like, swords and daggers and whips and stuff, you just get guns. Yeah. Yeah, guns. <laughs> That's what you do. The little fucking slimes and imps jump out from behind the trees and <laughs> shoot your gun at them. <laughs> That's it. That's it. It's your EXP. <laughs> the P is for Punisher. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Um, uh, so, yeah. So, Bishop remembers and... Uh, but all he remembers is there's an assassin. He doesn't remember who's the assassin. He doesn't know who the target is. Yeah, he knows but he sees, he sees Xavier in a newspaper, and he's like, oh, they're the assassins, all of them. I have to kill them. So he takes his gun and gets on a bus in <laughs> <laughs> daylight. That was really funny. That was re- like there, there was some good comedic timing, I, I have to admit. This guy just walks in on the bus, and then the doors close. They immediately open again. Everybody runs out. And you see Bishop trying to drive down the street. <laughs> he makes it to the mansion. He drives right through the gates. And uh, Jubilee's on guard duty. <laughs> so she sees him. And then uh, the, the, he and the X-Men get into a fight. And then they tie him to a chair. And uh, Xavier probes his mind. And they start to believe his story. I think they should have put Jean on guard duty. Because they've clearly shown in the show that she knows how to yell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... You know, I mean, Jubilee was useful in this show, is the difference. Was she? Yeah. No. Yeah. No, she was, from what I've seen, all she's done is break shit on accident (laughs) and uh, make sparkles and then somebody will knock her out. Patty. Jonathan. Her name's Jubilee. She blows stuff up. I know. It's a line from the show. She didn't, though, (laughs) is what I'm saying. So, no, I thought this was, you know, really interesting because the X-Men are standing around and Xavier is projecting all of the images in Bishop's head up onto the monitors and they're seeing all this shit. And it's a really, it's a really dark future, you know? I mean, for what's, what's kind of supposed to be a quote-unquote kid show, because you see the fucking headstones and you see the years that they died. Jubilee died 2010, Storm died 2021, Cyclops, Rogue, like... They're all there. Like, they all died. You're seeing mutants being marched into fucking death camps, shackled with sentinels in the backdrop, and these humans dressed as, like, you know, in military garb and fucking chewing their gum and holding their guns and shit. And it's really scary. And it's, it's like, literally, it, there's your fucking, there's your metaphor. Like, I know, I know we talk all the time about, well, there's your metaphor. Well, th- th- literally, there it is. Like, you can see it in motion up in front of you. So sometimes I don't understand how X-Men fans <laughs> or people who watched the show as a child grew up to be bigots. I don't, I mean, even I don't get it. That, that, they got that right. That was the plot of the original story. Yeah. Yeah, the assassination of Robert Kelly. That was the plot of the original no, story. No, and, and like that it led to 
oh, the yeah. future, yeah, which yeah. is like very similar. Yeah. Just a future without Kitty, which is not a future I would want. <laughs> Jesus. So anyway, Bishop's got this transceiver, which sounds like a fancy word. Um, it's a watch. What? It's a smart watch. It was a smart watch, actually. It, it's funny. Yeah. The uh, X-Men the Animated Series invented smart watches. Good for them. <laughs> and so it starts beeping, and he says something is coming through the time portal. And so the X-Men take Bishop to investigate, and it's Nimrod. Nimrod managed to get into the, the time portal that Bishop left behind in the future. Oops. And he's fucking them all up. And uh, Storm freezes Nimrod, and they blast his head off. Uh, but Jean gets blasted back behind some fucking brick wall. Great job. And is knocked unconscious. Uh-huh. And Logan runs after her. Yes. <laughs> and lifts her, her unconscious body up and carries her. Mm-hmm. This is the pinnacle of feminism. She's really the anchor of the team. Oh and Logan gosh. was carrying that anchor. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, then they were they were all sitting around talking about, well, who, which one of us could be the assassin? It could be any of us. And Scott's like, well, it couldn't be Jean. <laughs> because she's passed out all the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was, I love that line. It could be Jean. Uh, what did, what why did Why did the fucking writers of this show hate Jean so much? I don't know. I thought it was when she's like, of course it could be Scott. We all have our dark sides. Yeah. And I was like, that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about how you're fucking useless. <laughs> and this is my favorite character of all time. And they just fucking nerfed her, like, listen to a degree that I've never seen listen, ever. Patty, yes. they didn't do the nicest things with my boy Pyro all the time. Okay. Okay, but look at what they did to Jean. They made her like an infant. I'm just joking. Constitution? She has the constitution of an infant. The constitution of an infant. Yes. <laughs> Does that? What does that mean? I don't know if like, infants are even aware of the constitution. No, not in that usage. In the lowercase usage. <laughs> oh, because they're babies, so lowercase. Jonathan, I'm leaving. <laughs> Yeah, so as they're trying to figure out who it is, you know, Rogue comes in, meets the new company, and then Gambit struts in. Everyone can relax. Gambit has returned. And then Bishop is, you! You're the assassin! And he blasts at Gambit. And then Cliffhanger. But we don't have to wait a week for a new episode. Because <laughs> Patty and I just fucking watched it, and now we're going to talk about it. So that was a cliffhanger of part one. Yes. <laughs> Poor Gambit. Poor, you, know, you know what? I'm not saying poor anybody in this show. Poor Jean. But it's, it's Patty, not everything's about Jean. Everything is about Jean. We don't, I noticed. You are literally wearing yoga pants. There's no jeans, all right, I, sometimes. Yeah. I'm the one wearing the jeans. Uh-huh. I'm the pants jeans in the family. <laughs> <laughs> Jean is uh, the only one who wears flats. That's something else that I noticed, maybe because she's passing out all the time. She can't have that extra height. It's kind of funny how she's wearing flats, but she's also got curves. <laughs> Why do they call them flats? Because they're flat on the bottom? Yeah. Are my sneakers called flats? You know, the, the <laughs> British the British call the apartments flats. It's <laughs> <laughs> a fun fact. It's trivia. It's Mute Musings Trivia Night. <laughs> do you think they call them flats because they're not bumpy? <laughs> what if you got, like, an apartment that's just, like, you know, the ground, like dirt. Do you still call it a flat? Patty, that's why they make floors. <laughs> you can have multiple floors. You build the floors on top of each other. 
<laughs> One person's floor is another person's ceiling. Uh, There's gotta, no dirt. I gotta take the lift <laughs> to my flat. Let's not make fun of the British, please. <laughs> we just had someone. We don't need to start. So anyway, so this was sweet, though. This was really sweet. Because Rogue jumped in the way of Bishop's shot. Gambit was about to get blasted by Bishop, and Rogue took it instead. <laughs> that all sounded so fucking wrong. But but that was really sweet. It really was. And you know, I gotta stop here and say something. I, I'm realizing as we're talking about this as Days of Future Past. It's the same sentiment of the original story, but you have all these different characters. Fucking Jean wasn't even around for the original story, you know? She had just died. And yeah. yet they quote-unquote included her. She, right, she's not the best example. But, but Bishop was here? Gambit was in this, you know, they weren't they weren't around yet. And I thought that I think it's neat how they included them into this story, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I still don't like the way that they depict women in this show. I mean, the only one that's like cool is Rogue and Storm. Storm has to sort say of. like a paragraph before she can use her powers. I think that's kind of lame. By the way, Patty doesn't like writing. I do not. So she considers one sentence from Storm an entire paragraph. <laughs> it's like she says a sentence. I get what you're saying, but I feel like this is why you don't like writing. Does every sentence you have to write feel like a paragraph? Yes. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. You should write all my papers for me. What is cheating? I'm not doing that. It's my birthday. It's, oh my god. I'm so mad. Patty, I cannot wait for your birthday next year. We are celebrating my birthday all goddamn weekend. I swear to God. I'm eating nothing but peanut butter cheesecake until I vomit on your birthday, on my birthday. <laughs> all right. So, so yeah. So, clearly, you know, Gambit's the assassin, and all mutants are blamed. And humans are afraid and they want action. They have a mutant control law that's passed. So there's an army of sentinels that are created and they hunt mutants across the nation. Mutants are herded into the detention camps <laughs> where they die. And then sentinels, you see them start turning on the humans and defeating the military and they come for the president. So it's... Play stupid games. What's the rest of that? I feel like there's a dot, dot, dot there. Win stupid prizes. <laughs> That's a good saying. Did you just make that up? No. Who said that? I don't know. The internet. Oh, all right. So, you know, Xavier's like, oh, if we stop the assassination, will it change the future? Well, that's the entire reason why Bishop is here, Chuck. But he doesn't know who Gambit is supposed to assassinate. And I think it's interesting because, you know, obviously Gambit's being very defensive. Because, you know, Gambit is like, I don't fucking plan to assassinate anyone. Who's this dude just showing up and saying that I'm going to kill someone? So what do we actually know about Bishop? And Logan makes the point a little more than we know about you, which is true. I mean, at this point in the show, they had not delved uh, into Gambit's past at all. Um, and even in uh, in the comics, it had been explored a bit at this point. But yeah, in the show, like they, they didn't really know anything about Gambit. And especially, you know, when Gambit joined the X-Men, they didn't really know a whole lot about him. Uh, and I thought it was funny, too, here, where... Storm said, I know Gambit better than anyone. She fucking paused and turned yes. and looked at Rogue. Did you see yes. that? Yes. Did you see that? And Rogue. That was some shit. Capital S. Yeah. Rogue just kind of like looked at her like, bitch. But then she looked away. Then she looked away. She like conceded like, oh, okay. 
And I, I feel like that was a nod to the comics, you know, Storm being de-aged at the time and Gambit sort of, like, protecting her. But Jesus! I'm like, did you really... So Gambit storms off. He wants to stop the assassination. The X-Men say, no, we're not letting you go to Washington, D.C. We're going to go. And we're also not going to let Bishop go. So we're going to leave these two guys who hate each other uh, alone by themselves. With Logan as a babysitter. Logan says he'll babysit. So that's cute. And so then we cut to the villains. So we start to see what might really be going on. We've got Blob, Pyro, Avalanche. They're going to assassinate someone. What? What? I didn't see Gambit in that room. Did you see Gambit in that room? But Gambit manages to distract Bishop and Logan and get in the jet anyway and follow after the X-Men towards Washington. And obviously Bishop and Logan follow him. Uh, But in the meantime, uh, the Brotherhood are about to start their actual attack. So there are anti-mutant protests uh, outside the Capitol. And so what the fuck were they chanting over and over? Humans, yes. Mutants, no. Humans, yes. Mutants, no. Which is very catchy and creative. Uh, That's something that I would create. What? Just saying, because I am not creative at all. You would write an entire paragraph like that? (laughs) Shut up. Uh, But this is really cute. So (laughs) the Brotherhood are, are outside and... Uh, you know, they're about to go in and start their attack. Avalanche is like, we'll bring the house down and the Senate too. And Blob <laughs> has got his little fucking camera and he takes pictures before they head inside. <laughs> and so you've got Senator Kelly questioning Xavier. Isn't your school creating pro-mutant propaganda? And then the Brotherhood attacks. And, uh, the fight spills outside between the X-Men and the Brotherhood. And Scott literally runs into the Blob. <laughs> and Blob goes, what's the hurry, four eyes? I'm sorry. He's I a one was, eyes. I thought that was... I thought that was, I thought that He's was a, a one eyes. No, He's not you, a four eyes. You it, can't it, see it's four like, eyes. It's like glasses. I, I get it. Oh, okay. I have a question, though. Yes. Did you have... Did you, did you get to go to D.C. on, like, a school field trip? Yeah, in eighth grade. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Okay. It's a rite of passage. But yeah. both, both my siblings, who are much younger than me, did it, too. I think the same year, too. Eighth grade, they went. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. The teachers just let us do whatever the fuck we wanted. They, we had, like, um, you know, we had to get, like, 80 bucks or something from our parents, and then they would give us, like, $5, like, at a rest stop, and then they would give us, like, $20, and we would, or $10 for lunch and $10 for dinner or whatever. But they were basically just like, okay, children. You're free to explore the city for two hours and then come back here. Oh my god, that is not at all how it went with us. That is nuts. No, it was very controlled. Um, I mean, we we went to museums and stuff when we were supposed to be there, but we also had free time and there was no chaperone. They just let us walk around the city. We could have bought cocaine. Patty, oh my god. I'm just saying. I mean, I wouldn't. I was 13. Okay, I know. But we I could have I kn- gotten kidnapped. Too. I knew some thirteen-year-olds who would have bought cocaine. <laughs> so I'm glad <laughs> I went to school with them. Uh, yeah, no, we we had chaperones. I mean, when we went to like eateries and like little mall areas and stuff, like we were sort of allowed to roam a little bit, but we couldn't wander too far, and we couldn't roam the city on our own. Everything was was pretty controlled. And um, at night, the hotel rooms uh, they taped the doors. What? 
not to keep us in, but for proof that somebody snuck out if they did. Um, so jump out the window. <laughs> Patty, that was a long way down. Nobody was surviving. <laughs> Nobody was going to survive that. So bring tape with you. Um, yeah, okay. Now explain to me <laughs> how you press the tape and seal it right against Fuck. it. From the inside. Uh, you're right. Yeah. You'd have to... Even slamming it really hard wouldn't have worked. So, uh. anyway. It's a long time ago. Can't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I was really happy to see Pyro here using some British slang, as far as I know, because he did not sound very Australian in X-Men the Animated Series. But he did get to show off a little bit, and he created a little, like, fire dragon demon thing that was chasing after Rogue. And, you know, Rogue managed to fly really high in the sky, and it dissipated. And I felt bad for my baby, but that is accurate. He would have lost control at some point. Um, Blob threatens to sit on the X-Men, and Jubilee goes, Ugh, that's gross. And Logan jumps on his back and goes, Okay, round boy, let's dance. <laughs> and then he falls in the pool, and Storm freezes the water. So yeah, so no, it was it was just a really, it was a really fun fight to watch. And really interesting, too, because obviously the X-Men team had changed. The Brotherhood team was mostly the same. Mystique wasn't around with the Brotherhood when they attacked the X-Men like she was in the original comic. Destiny wasn't even existent because how are they going to make Rogue have two moms? They weren't allowed to do that, I'm sure. So that wasn't going to happen. You know, but eventually the X-Men overpower the Brotherhood and and they run off. But so here here was something that was fun. So Avalanche, uh, he shot his waves at Bishop and Bishop absorbed them and shot him back and it missed and it hit a building. And so the building's collapsing. Oh, God. And it's falling. And it's about to fall on a small child. And guess who saves the day? Gene. Gene stops it. But Gene can't hold on. Nope. There are too many bricks. The bricks are too heavy. <laughs> she is perilous. This is just more than another brick in the wall. So who comes and saves the day? Rogue. Rogue. <laughs> she holds it up for a few seconds before she passes out. And then Rogue... Just holds the building up and Logan grabs the kid. Yeah, and then he's like, oh, "Kids cry and do something." Yeah, that was that was hilarious. So they can't find Gambit though. Uh, Gambit is inside the Capitol. So this lady is leading Senator Kelly into a room, and then once they get into that room, the lady who just led Senator Kelly in is also tied up on the floor. Gasp! Who could that be? Gasp! Um. So then this person who's uh, supposed to be, I guess, some sort of a secretary, shifts into Gambit and is about to kill the senator when the real Gambit arrives. Aha! Yeah. So Bishop blasts the real Gambit, and he's about to shoot again when Rogue shows up and tears the transceiver off of Bishop and crushes it. And that's the only that's thing that was keeping... That's his smart watch. That was, <laughs> that's the only thing that's keeping Bishop in this time. Uh, and so Bishop disappears. So Senator Kelly and the lady that was tied up, they leave. And this Gambit uh, shifts back into Mystique. And Mystique is like, Rogue, you're going to help me. And Rogue is like, why would I do that? And Mystique shapeshifts into a nice old southern lady. And she says, because I'm your mama. And I was like, oh, this is gross. <laughs> this is just so stupid. Like, how are you going to do that? How are you going to just let this lady, this assassination attempt, that would have destroyed mutant kind, get away just because she was your mama? But... Also, like, I was thinking, like, okay, this lady can shapeshift. All she needs is a picture of your mom. Correct. To pretend that she's your mom. Right. And you're just like, oh, that's my mom. Yeah. Because that's her face. Right. But, <laughs> like, 
Did you not just see Gambit and Gambit? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know this lady can fucking shapeshift. Like, yeah. did she not know what fucking Mystique looked like? Yeah. Wait, wasn't... No, she knew Mystique. She knew who Mystique was. So, apparently Mystique is still working for Apocalypse. That had happened, I think, on an earlier episode in the season. Um, Apocalypse wanted Senator Kelly assassinated. There's a heartfelt moment between Rogue and Mystique. And Bishop is back in his own time, but nothing changed. And Forge says, we'll try again. Uh, Bishop is like, I stopped the assassination. And Forge goes, you know, then something else must have happened. So, that's fine. Uh, for the most part, I liked this episode, these episodes. Um, like I said, it, it's, you know, I mean, the the concept of Days of Future Past is still there. Uh, but, you know, the characters are a bit different. What actually happens is a bit different. No, I'm not a fan either of how they changed, you know, the main... Uh, the main character from a woman to man. But that's that's what they did. It worked at the time. Bishop and Gambit were both still new. Uh, in the comics when this came out, I think it was an interesting way to put these two relatively new characters into a story. It was fun. There was funny dialogue. There was one line from, from Rogue <laughs> when Bishop is running into the Capitol. I forget who it was. Called her over the, um, the communicator. But it's like, Rogue, do you see Bishop? And Rogue is like, she's up in the air and is looking down at him. She's like, I could spit on him if I wasn't a lady. <laughs> he runs inside the building and she's like, I think Bishop is running for Congress. <laughs> like, come on. Those are hilarious one-liners. I absolutely love that. Uh, it was relatively easy to understand. Although I do feel like in the middle there, they tried to overdo it a little bit too much with, Oh, assassin. Oh, from the future. Oh, we don't believe you. Oh, but... What? Who is the assassin? Uh, just angry. Like, I don't know. I feel like there was a little... Uh, it lost me a little bit in the middle there, even though I under, obviously I understood what was going on, but some of the dialogue didn't quite match up. I also like how Pyro and Avalanche were there. Yeah. Um, They were there. They didn't do a whole lot, but they were there. And that was good. So yeah, this was a pretty good episode. Episodes. Yeah, it was pretty good episodes. <laughs> So, do you think the future has been forged? Who would you spit on if you weren't a lady? If this kid's crying, do something until we come back from this commercial break. I'm Jonathan F. Robert. And I'm Patricia Kinney, Esquire. And, and together, together we are Mutant Musings. Hey. Trying to find some website with all of my geeky interests is the most heinous task. Sounds bogus. Are you looking for podcasts and articles? Totally. Comic books and video games are most excellent, but I also love anime, wrestling, and horror movies. No way! Geekade.com has all of those topics covered. No way! TV shows, Star Wars, Transformers, Geekade has it all. Plus, Geekade.com has YouTube and Twitch channels. Geekade.com sounds like a most triumphant website. I am going to have the most excellent adventures on Geekade.com. We should get all of San Dimas to check out Geekade.com. Everyone in the world should check out Geekade.com today. Then maybe everyone would be, be excellent, excellent to each other. other. Yeah, we're still playing that game. Let's try not to vomit. <laughs> Round two. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs>
So, in the episodes that had the most votes, uh, it was Time Fugitives, which works out very nicely. Time Fugitives had the most votes, so I thought that uh, since Days of Future Past got, you know, tied in there, that I would pick that because they all kind of work together. Obviously, Days of Future Past, the very end, the story continued with something else, but this does sort of tie up this whole Bishop and the Future plot. This was kind of a continuation. Kind of. This was a continuation. It was. But it wasn't the episodes right after. Right. So that's confusing if you uh, don't watch these after the the last ones, I guess. I don't know. No, it's just like you got to wait for this other plot to be resolved. The one with, uh, what happened? Beast? Was Beast in jail again? <laughs> what was the ending? Beast remember. is always getting arrested. <laughs> You guys, I don't know if you remember, but back in the early 90s, Beast was getting arrested all the fucking time. Yeah, like I, like I said, it was like the second episode or whatever, he was captured, put in, put in jail, and for the majority of, uh, for the majority of the first season, I believe, he was, uh, he was in jail. In jail for furry crimes. Jesus. <laughs> fucking Christ. <laughs> so apparently the future still sucks. Uh, there are these Terminator-looking fucking robots now in 3,999 A.D. New York. It's Cable. Cable is fighting these things, and they're Apocalypse's forces. And Cable's got his little crew with him, and they're not going to retreat. And Apocalypse is being all fucking grandiose and just saying, you know, fucking things. And then all <laughs> of a sudden, there's there's fucking tornadoes. It's a, it's a temporal storm. You can see Bishy Boy... Spinning around a little bit. Um, he doesn't land there. You just see him. But yeah, there's temporal storms, which are just tornadoes that spit lasers. So they're lasernados. <laughs> <laughs> That's a technical term. That's what the uh, meteorologists call them. You don't know? Remember when we took meteorology? Remember? Yeah. Remember lasernados? Yes. <laughs> uh, so Cable's computer says that time is being changed in, in a response to a new past that happened. Um, but Cable wants to preserve this time, which sounds kind of messed up since there's Apocalypse and Terminators <laughs> and Latest Tornadoes. Uh, but in 2055, we get the continuation from the season one episodes. This is now season two. In 2055, Bishop tells Forge he succeeded, and Forge tells Bishop that Kelly survived, Senator Kelly survived, but now there's a plague. <laughs> Uh, and it sounds like the X-Men never existed, because Bishop says the X-Men, and Forge is like, X-Men? Who are the X-Men? What the hell are you talking about, man? I'm like, oh, Forge, if you're supposed to be smart, you know you sent this guy back in time. You should know now that something changed, and that you probably don't have all the information now. But now Bishop has to go back and stop this plague. But the saddest part of this entire story is that Jubilee busted her CD player. Again. Listen, that was some shit back in the day, if your CD player busted. That was sad. They were expensive. They were expensive. They were very expensive. I didn't expensive. get a CD player until like 98, 99. Jesus. They were expensive. They were expensive. We, I, All I had was a cassette player. Yep. Uh, slash radio. And if I wanted to listen to CDs, I had to go to the living room. My mom had one of those Bose CD players. Mm-hmm. We still have that same one. <laughs> It was, like, top of the line, like, cutting-edge technology. We had, like, the first bows, and we still have it. <laughs> yeah, then for, like, my 
seventh birthday or something like that, my mom got me a radio that had a CD and cassette player. That's awesome. That's the best. Yeah. And it had like radio and stuff. It was cool. But like two weeks before that, we went to, uh, I don't know, FYE or some type of place like that. Uh, there was a new cassette that I wanted and my mom's like, I don't know, maybe we should just get it for your birthday. So that, like, I guess she would have gotten it on CD. And I was like, no, I want it now. <laughs> so I got it for cassette. So then when I had my new CD player, I didn't have any CDs. Aww. <laughs> That's sad. Yeah. Those were the days. Yeah, those... Now you don't have to worry about the fucking format. It's just <laughs> digital. Yeah, I know. It's kind of sad. It was also an 18s cassette, just so you guys know. I was a huge fan of the 18s. Okay, now hang on one second. Because I hear you saying this word. Yeah. A-teens. And I feel like you've brought it up with yeah. me before and I can't remember. So Upside is it like... down, bouncing off the ceiling. <laughs> it's so the letter is... A and then an asterisk and then teens. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. Because I was like, are they are they 18? 18? 18s? <laughs> <laughs> or are they like the A-team? Teens. Which is where Mr. <laughs> T comes from. Did the A-teens have a Mr. T? No. A brother T? No. A little little brother T? No. Ice T? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'd never listened to the A-teens. That would have been creepy as fuck because I would have been, you know, I would have been almost 18s. They, uh, they covered a few uh, ABBA songs. That's how I heard about them. Covered Mamma Mia and Dancing Queen. The two ABBA songs that anybody knows. Yeah. I never knew of Mamma Mia until that fucking movie came out. What? And I was working, I was doing kids' parties, and like anytime there was like a, a party for girls, all the girls would be singing just the line from the commercial The Mamma Mia. Ah. No, I don't want to sing. I go again. Stop. I don't want it. It's going to get stuck in my head. It's stupid. <laughs> I hated it. The commercial was on all fucking time that just these lines were stuck in my head. I hated it. I never knew that song until the oh movie. Oh my god. That movie came out so recently. The movie came... Mamma Mia? I mean, compared to how long the song was out. Oh, okay. I get you. <laughs> 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 Alright, anyway. X-Men? Alright, X-Men. Yeah, Jubilee busted her CD players. She's gotta go to the fucking Radio Shack and, uh, and get it fixed. And there's some business-looking dude looking at his smartwatch. He's got a smartwatch. And he's looking at pictures of the X-Men on it. He calls he calls her a mutant. It's not just mutant, it's like mutant. She's a cat. <laughs> yeah. So the store owner takes her CD player into the back room. Business looking guy comes in, takes out some spray, sprays it in the room, closes the door, and then the fucking the the employee comes out of the back room. He's like, Oh, this can't be fixed, and he's looking all sick and shit. And fucking, uh, the, the guy in the business suit is, like, pointing at Jubilee. You're one of those plague-carrying mutants. And, like, everybody starts yelling at her. And then Storm flies her out of there. And so they do this scan. Beast does this scan on Jubilee when they get back. And he's like, other than the fact that you need to eat more vegetables, you're perfectly healthy. What a good line. That's funny. See, it's relatable. Uh-huh. Because as kids, you don't want to eat your veggies. And Jubilee is a kid. She doesn't want to eat her veggies. But Beast is smart. <laughs> Beast knows you need to eat your veggies. Thank you for mansplaining that. 
But, you know, Jubilee's like, why me? What the hell did I do? And Jean is like, the plague is people frightened. They're looking for someone to blame. We're an easy target. This all sounds very uh, lifelike. Like there was a plague. Mm-hmm. Like there is a plague. Like there was a minority being blamed and kind of just pushed to the side and left to die. Yeah. Yeah. Or oh. or like a, or like a plague that was still occurring at the time this cartoon went out, where uh, it took the president was it three years and like seventeen thousand deaths to even say the name of the plague on TV, something like that. Yeah, I'm not gonna say thanks, Reagan. Do you know Ronald Reagan died during Pride Month? Happy Pride Month. <laughs> This comes out on July 1st, but it's still, uh, it's still, relevant. Pri- still Pride Month. No, I've completely forgot that. Yeah. I remember when he died, relatively, them talking about it on the radio. And I was like, whoop. Did he die when I was alive? Yeah, he died when you were alive. It was in the 2000s. Really? Yes. I don't remember he that was, at all. He was fucking old and in bad shape. He lived, he lived to like 90-something, I think. Fuck, I didn't even get to appreciate his death. Nixon, I think, uh, you were maybe a year or two old, but Nixon was alive when you were alive. Maybe that's who I was thinking of. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. They're both dead. Fuck them. So, yeah, exactly. Fuck them. And so now, so, because of this plague thing, mutants are being quarantined. So you have this, you have this shot of, like, some fucking broken down building and, you know, some cops, like, sealing it off or something. There's mutants inside. They look like Morlocks. Yeah, so you just have mutants who are, you know, they're not even sick, but they're being blamed on this fucking plague, and they're being locked up. And that's really fucking disgusting. And, you know, you have this same businessman uh, on the fucking, he, like, yells at the TV camera, get rid of mutants, send them back where they came from. And there's something that we still fucking hear all the time, go back where you came from. And where the fuck are they gonna go? It's not like they immigrated here. No, go back where they came from. Exactly, that's the whole point. Like, saying to, like, a black person or a Hispanic person, go back where you came from. Just because they're black or Hispanic doesn't mean that they weren't born in the United States. They're fucking American. You say that to a mutant, send them back where they came from. They're like, uh, okay. My mother? Yeah, right? Chicago? Like, what? Where do you want me to go? And the same sort of thing applies to the kind of stuff that we see right now. Racists yelling at minorities. It's like, fucking, I was born here. Like, who are you talking to? Where do you want me to go? It's fucking gross, and it's very real. And then the Friends of Humanity show up, which is a fun time. One of them is about to throw a brick, and Bishop stops him. Uh, People start shooting at him, and he blasts the fucking ground. I thought that was really neat. Uh, The X-Men saw him on TV, starting a ruckus. So, uh, literally, Wolverine drops from the Blackbird right on top of him. And Rogue takes one of the Friends of Humanity and drops him in a fucking dumpster and then kicks it down the street. And I thought that was amazing and so bishop explains that he's back because there's there's a a plague and so yeah so there's the friends of humanity and graden creed is behind this uh he wants to infect beast live on television uh when hank sits in on this senate committee and he wants to show the american people right then and there that mutants are responsible for the plague and so mutants can take the fall. And so obviously this is going to lead to another terrible future because mutants are going to be blamed for something and they're going to die. And yeah, bigots are awful is the message. Yep. Yeah. And then we see that, you know, in his hand, he's got 
something that we can't tell what it is. And so Bishop, like, just tackles him because he was going to attack Beast with whatever he had in his hand. And then the X-Men are like, Bishop, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you starting all of these riots? And... Yeah, so then, you know, he, I guess, doesn't have time to explain. He totally did. But they got out of there, and we're talking about it on the Blackbird, and Bishop was like, no, he was going to attack Beast with the virus. It looks like um, almost some, like, like a little inhaler type thing. Yeah, that's An aerosol what I inhaler that Graydon Creed was holding. Because Graydon does get infected. You know, he says, uh, he says that, you know, the mutant infected him, and that it's the uh it's the mutant's fault yeah and that all of the people who have this virus have been in contact with mutants so the x-men uh locate the because they know great and creed is doing this they know where the friends of humanity's base is they go there and scott asks gene to locate creed <laughs> and she locates him and she gene turns to scott and says stop them before it's too late <laughs> Just like that. Because she can't do anything on her own. And then she just passes out. Yep. No, that's a joke. Gina, <laughs> Jean would not have been my favorite no. if uh, I was more conscious at this time. <laughs> so the X-Men finds Creed, uh, the businessman. The businessman is actually Apocalypse. So there's a bit of a fight, and Beast saves Creed right after the X-Men fight with Apocalypse. The lab is destroyed. The virus is destroyed. Apocalypse grows huge. Cable is watching all this on the computer, says that Bishop just saved millions of lives, but because of the plague existing, antibodies were created that ended up saving all of these lives, all of these future lives, billions of future lives. Since now there's no plague, these antibodies aren't created, so a bunch of mutants end up getting sick and dying, like a massive amount of mutants apparently. We get a quick shot of Colossus and Magic, which was very interesting. Uh, again, I mean, you know, this is supposed to be sort of a play on the legacy virus, obviously. Um, what came out of the end of Extinction Agenda. And then, you know, the legacy virus killing uh, a young Ilyana. And so it's for like maybe two seconds at most. You see the young blonde girl on the bed and Colossus is there and that's supposed to be that. But Cable's computer says the virus must occur in order for Cable's time to survive. Boom, cliffhanger. It's the Boom. next episode. You gotta wait a this whole week. Gonna, this gonna cause some conflict between Bishop and Cable. You think so? Bam, part two. <laughs> There's some conflict between Bishop and Cable. <laughs> those guys, those guys really need to get along. It seems like they're always fine every decade. It's just a big fucking slapdown between Cable and Bishop. I mean, they're basically doing the same thing. They're basically both time cops. Just just do the same time cop thing. You know Time Cop was a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie in like 1994? That sounds correct. <laughs> <laughs> what? So so apparently Cable has to help Apocalypse. And, uh, you know, Cable, he, he's, you know, he's run back into his base. People are dying. They're getting, you know, fucking sucked up by the laser nados. And then all of a sudden, he... Tyler, Tyler runs in. Duh, daddy. Daddy, help me! The laser nados. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you see all this death and destruction outside, and Cable's like, "By God, I need to save my time." <laughs> <laughs> right? 
<laughs> why, why not just take your stupid little kid, just take him to a better time that doesn't have fucking Sharknados or whatever. Like Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck yeah. E. Cheese is the best time. Take Tyler to <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> Maybe then he'll turn out right and won't yeah. murder people. Oh, they just uh, filed for uh, bankruptcy. I know. All right. Rip. <laughs> What I heard, I think, um, at least a month ago... They were bootlegging pizza? They were. Yeah. They were operating under a different name, so yeah. they could sort of try like and... Yeah, Pasquale's or something. <laughs> so, but this was, this was an interesting uh, way of storytelling, because essentially part two of Time Fugitives is like a remix of the first part. Yep. There are a bunch of... They reused so much animation. Save some money! <laughs> But, yeah, they definitely did. But, you know, a bunch of things did happen differently. And I thought that that was really neat. So when part two starts, it's at that moment that Bishop comes back to the 90s for the second time. But now, Cable is there to meet him. So, yeah, Cable is basically just chasing after Bishop and tries to tell him uh, that the plague has to happen or my future won't exist. And Bishop is like, my future, my future matters as much as, as yours. And that's absolutely true. But, you know, you have the computer telling Cable that the needs of the many prevail over the needs of the few. So when you think about that, and that's scary to put on such a massive scale, which is basically what this fucking computer does. Millions have to die so billions can live. Yeah. That's scary as fuck. And he had, uh, his little computer was like a tiny companion cube. So (laughs) that was cute. It reminds me of that thing. It was an emotional support cube. Yeah, so Bishop is by that quarantined house, same mob of people outside. Bishop is yelling at them. They're yelling at him. The X-Men see him on TV. They show up, and now Cable is there, and Cable's on a rooftop, and he's going to fire at Bishop. He doesn't want to kill Bishop, but he may have to. So he's got his little pump-action blaster. (laughs) And, you know, he's ready to shoot him. And then Rogue goes after Cable, and, you know, that was fantastic. You know, their little fight. But my favorite part, out of anything that we're talking about here today, this is this was amazing. So the Blackbird touches down on the rooftop of the quarantine <laughs> building. And Gene and Scott are there. And Gene yells, Scott! And points at Cable on the other rooftop. So Scott blasts at him. And, you know, my thought is she couldn't do it herself. Um, you know, but Cyclops misses. So Cable blasts back. He blasts the roof out from underneath Scott's feet, and Scott falls. And the second that Scott falls, Jean turns around away from her falling lover (laughs) to catch the wobbly blackbird. The blackbird, this huge jet, is not in immediate danger of falling, (laughs) but her, her, her lover has just plummeted to his seeming doom, but we're gonna... Stop the wobbly plane first. Now, listen, I understand that this huge plane could fall on all of these innocent people on, on you know, the ground. The needs of many outweigh the <laughs> needs of the few. How are you going to throw Scott down like this? Why are you going to throw him under the plane? Throw him under the plane. Just, I feel like Gene had the time and the power to, you know, catch Scott over here with this, this hand, and maybe start 
to stop the plane with this hand over here. I don't think that this gene was capable of stopping a paper airplane from falling off the roof. If and if we if we don't want to use comic book logic here, let's go back to a movie. Let's go back to X Men Two. There was water coming at Gene and at everybody from this direction, and there was the plane over there in that direction. And so Gene did this and said, "Water, no." And then she did this and said, "Blackbird, fly." <laughs> she did two things at once. The woman did two things at one time. I don't understand. <laughs> I'm not following. It's like, okay, did you see that meme that, okay, I guess, I don't remember whether, I think this was from a real Spider-Man comic where uh, he dropped his phone and he, like, webbed it up and he was like, oh, thank God I didn't get a case yet. And... Somebody was like, oh, okay, quick reflexes for your phone, bro. <laughs> How's Gwen's neck doing? Whoa! <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> God, that is <laughs> fucked up. Oh, damn. All right, anyway. So Storm saves Scott, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Jean drops the bird yeah, and she, passes out. She drops the plane. And Rogue, uh, Rogue lifts it up. And, and then she Jean also passes, passes out. out. <laughs> Thanks, ladies. <laughs> so then, uh, you know, all the X-Men start ganging up on Cable. So he teleports away. And then he has his little um, emotional support computer. Give him uh, little bios on all the X-Men. And he seems real interested in Logan. I thought this was, this was neat, too. He, was, he mentioned how he was very familiar with Cyclops and with Jean Grey. And so I thought that that was neat. I thought that was really neat. And we talked about this a little bit before when I was eating cheesecake dinner (laughs) about how in um, the X-Men animated series book, which is a pretty good book. I enjoyed it. Um, Definitely, uh, definitely interesting. There was a plan to, you know, have Scott and Jean get married and then they did in the show. But then, you know, Jean was going to end up pregnant and Jean was going to end up wearing her costume pregnant and possibly going out to fight. And obviously Spider she, Woman did that. She, what? Spider Woman did that. Yeah. But Jean never got pregnant on the show. And so, you know, Patty asked, well, who was going to be, you know, who was going to be the kid? And I said, obviously, it was going to be Cable. Now, we know what really happened, but they weren't, they, they never brought, as far as I know, as far as I remember, they never brought even a hint of Maddie into X-Men the Animated Series. Huh. Um, so it was going to be Jean. Jean was going to be the actual biological mother of Cable. So, there you go. So there's that. So, yeah. So, Cable... What does Cable do? He bursts into the Senate hearing. Logan goes after him. Things... You know, again, like Patty said, there's a lot of reused animation. Graydon still gets infected. uh, But Cable steals Wolverine away uh, and brings him back to his motel room. (laughs) (laughs) Who doesn't want to do that? (laughs) Well, it's because his uh, companion cube told him that Logan's mutant power was healing good. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that could help with a virus. Yeah. So then he uh, gives Wolverine the virus. Yeah. And uh, he's like, you make antibodies now. Yep. World is saved. The end. Yep. The end. (laughs) Apocalypse is uh, is still mad. You know, things were largely going the same way they were in that... uh, Friends of Humanity basement fight, but yeah, the vat of plague. (laughs) (laughs) 
I didn't know what that was. I was like, oh no, not water. His only weakness. <laughs> Bubbly water? Yeah. I mean, that's how Wolverines get sick. You put them in water. <laughs> so yeah, so that's that's what happens. You know, Logan gets, cr- he crashes into the vat of plague, gets infected, and Cable's like, no, look, he saved us all. Logan's immune system is fighting the virus, and he's going to make the antibodies that we need to save mutant kind. Cable teleports out of there. Bishop goes back to his own time, asks Forge about the plague, and Forge is like, the fuck are you talking about? In the present, Logan's power killed the plague, and in the future, Cable's back at his time, and Tyler's okay. He saved the future, smiles, hugs, everybody's happy. Yay! Yeah. No more laser natos. <laughs> so this was neat. You know, this was really neat. How, um, you know, they took the legacy virus... They did something different with it. I think at one point they actually called it the techno virus. Yes. Even though, you know, like, I'm sure it's supposed to be a legacy virus. And, yeah. And, you know, even reusing a lot of the same footage from one episode, enough things were were changed to see Cable's impact on the second episode. And uh, he was pretty badass. Cable was, was this pretty his first guy. appearance? This was not his first appearance. He appeared before. I think uh, he, he appeared in the first season um, he showed up randomly in the episode Slave Island, which was sort of like, uh, the Genosha type deal where mutants were yeah. slaves on the, yeah, he showed up in that episode. I think that might've been his first appearance. He had been seen before. So does he know that Gene and Scott are his parents? To be hundred percent honest with you, I don't fucking remember. Okay. I have no idea. And to be even more honest, I have not seen every episode of this cartoon. I have never watched every season from beginning to end. I've watched a lot of it. But not every episode, so I don't remember. Okay, um, fair enough. They definitely alluded to it in this episode. It was uh, more of like a nod, I guess, to the fans who actually knew. Um, but yeah, it wasn't spelled out right here. Maybe it was in another episode, but I don't really know. This could have been it for Cable. I don't think he appeared in too many episodes. I know Bishop showed up again towards the end of the series. I don't think Cable did, so this might have been it for him. Oh, well, okay. Uh, so for the most part, I liked it. I kind of like Days of Future Past uh, episodes a little bit more. But this was pretty good. It was really interesting to have these two time travelers sort of collide and, you know. I think it's a little weird kind of watching just, like, random episodes from this season or uh, from the series. I mean, most of the stories are self-contained, but there are things that, like, go on along through the show that, like, I'm not aware of, like, you know, is is uh cable like aware of his parents and whatever uh but uh other than that i mean which i can't complain about because it's my fault for not watching the rest of them (laughs) i mean i thought they were uh pretty good i mean you know they definitely took liberties and i feel like all of these episodes were basically just very very male-centric i mean we had rogue and storm doing some stuff that was cool uh, like saving people and stuff, but they didn't get too many lines. And you know, Gene passed out in like every fucking episode that we saw, <laughs> which is just kind of painful to look at yeah. because she is the strongest telepath, <laughs> and like they nerfed her from a god to like, like I said, an infant. Yeah, which is very unfortunate to see. 
I think I also remember not liking her in Evolution either, because she just felt like a mom. Really? Yeah, but I could rem- be remembering that wrong. But I was I was also young when that came out. I mean, she was, you know, she was a good girl, essentially. Um, you know, not like Boom Boom was in that show. Yeah, I mean, I remember really liking Rogue and really liking Kitty, but... Uh, From Evolution? Yeah. That's funny. Why? That's no, and it's also funny because I feel like... Uh, I don't think I got it far enough to see Boom Boom. No, Rogue was pretty great. Gro- you know, Rogue was sort of like the goth girl yeah. along with Wanda. But uh, but Kitty, you know, Kitty was like Valley Girl. Oh, I know. That was me. <laughs> I was like a mix of the two. No, no, no. I'm not... I'm not okay. I, I'm just saying from like a comic fan's perspective to look at how Kitty is in the comics, to look at her how she is in X-Men Evolution because it's 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 different. Um, you know, like I said, like Valley Girl, um, as opposed to, you know, a young ninja genius. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like... Uh, I'm not she, complaining. I like it. I'm no, fine with she, the liberties they take. She was those things, but I feel like she was also, like, low-key Valley Girl. Like, she yeah. wasn't... She wasn't... Just, she's young. Yeah, because she was young, so she was fun, she was spunky, and, you know, <laughs> like... I wouldn't just describe her as just like, oh, she's just a genius, so she's an injured. Like, I know. her personality was, like, totally, like, I don't know. I could see that. But, like, the, I guess, I guess the only thing I'll say about that, though, where, where I can, I can see it being sort of weird, is the actual way that she talks. It sounds like a literal valley girl I used to voice. talk like that. Did you know that? Fine. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, and I mean, that's okay. It's just... I don't even know where I picked it up from. It must have been TV or something. Probably TV. I just feel like like that's not the voice that I hear when I when I read the comics. And I think, yeah. And I think Kitty's voice. It's not the X-Men Evolution voice. Again, I'm not complaining about it. I like it. I think it works. Let them take the liberties that they want to. It's just they, that aspect is a little, a little weird. And I have seen people really complain about that version of Kitty. Like, hate on... Uh, X-Men Evolution Kitty because but of I that. I thought she was so fun. <laughs> She's fine. Again, I have no problems with it. Um, but anyway, yeah. So that'll do it for this special episode of Mutant Musings. Thanks for joining us, and don't forget to leave us a comment on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast and on Twitter at mutant musings. What do you think of X-Men the Animated Series? Is it your favorite X-Men cartoon? Join us next month for our X-Men Evolution episode, and until then... Cyclops falling off a roof was right. Don't be mean to me on my birthday.